the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Well, greetings once again for the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. We always enjoy these sessions on the new 950 WTLN. Uh, Jeff Sennis is our engineer each weekend, and Andrew Herdliska is our producer. Uh, Rob Tigan is with us from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we're going to talk about his new book. It's a good one, and it's called, ladies and gentlemen, A Dad's Prayer for His Daughter. How are you, Rob? I'm doing great. Thanks, Pat. Tell me about your book. Well, you know, um, I did a book, uh, my previous book was 88 Great Daddy-Daughter Dates, Mm -hmm. and it was a book on being intentional about uh, our fathering uh, of our daughters, and uh, as I wrote that, I got some great feedback on how it was encouraging dads and giving them good ideas to spend time with their daughters, but um, as I thought about it more, I thought, you know, as dads, probably the most intentional, important thing we can do and the best place to start with our daughters is uh, by praying for them and releasing them to God and uh, and seeking Him for the wisdom on how to, to raise them in this uh, uh, sometimes crazy culture. So how about praying specifically for your daughters instead of your sons? Any any message there? Well, you know, um, I've got two boys as well. I have five kids, three daughters and two boys. And so obviously praying for our sons is uh, very important, too. But uh, I just feel sometimes there um, are unique challenges and issues with our daughters. And as men, we don't often know uh, where to get started. I know I've, through the years of parenting my my daughters, my oldest is 16 now, and so I'm in the teen years, um, you know, I didn't always know where to get started with her challenges and her issues. So um, in talking to other dads and, and um, just, you know, reflecting on some of my own thoughts as we've walked through various things with our with our daughters, I, I wanted to develop a tool for dads that would encourage them to be able to, to really look at the unique areas that our, our daughters um their challenges and struggles in in this day and age and and just help them kind of get started. How has prayer made a difference for you as a dad? Well, you know, um it's it's made a difference in a lot of ways. I think I think the biggest thing is it releases me uh from free from fear and worry uh with my kids. Um you know, I I think our kids are are one of our biggest gifts in life and I think sometimes for some reason uh the gifts God gives us um the bigger the gifts are, the harder sometimes they are to release and not want to hold on to them and control them. And uh, so for me, it's just allowed me to give my kids over to God and not uh, live a life in fear and worry of how they're going to turn out or what they're going to do, because I know God can do a lot better job. I think it also um, frees me from anger and conflict in my relationship with my kids and and specifically my daughters, because um, I think a lot of times... We think as parents, you know, we, we believe we know what's best for our kids, and we run into different situations or run into walls with them, and we think, uh, you know, what do I do here? How do I, how do I manage this? And um, so it, it gives me peace when I'm dealing with issues with my daughters because um, I don't have to be in control of it. I know God's in control. And I think it just frees me to be able to worship God and, and enjoy the blessing He's given me through my kids rather than trying to to force an outcome on my own. And then, you know, last, I think, I think for me, the biggest thing is I don't want to just raise good daughters. I don't want to just manage their behavior. And I think in parenting, sometimes we can get caught up in that. I really want to raise a daughter that is living the life God has for her and everything that means. And sometimes I don't want to get in the way of that. And so it, it, it frees me from that as well. Rob and Joanna Tigan have written a book with Ravel Publishers, A Dad's Prayers for His Daughters. Uh, What does your prayer life look like for your daughters, Rob? 
Well, um, it, it ebb and flows, I guess, uh, based on sometimes it's just uh, a lot of thanksgiving and just enjoying them and praying over the different areas of their life. I mean, I love to pray for their future, uh, their future spouses and things like that. And then sometimes uh, crises come up and I find myself more crying out like, I need help here. What do I do? Um, but I think with you know, when I when I um, when my wife and I wrote the book, A Dad's Prayers for His Daughter, we wanted to help dads think intentionally about praying early on for for different things that they come up with, rather than waiting till we get to that crisis mode and 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 think, what am I going to do here? To really start thinking through, you know, what are some of the issues that that my kids are going to face, you know, obviously, you know, marriage is a big, important decision in their life, how, what career they're going to do, where, what direction they're going to go. Some of the challenges, um, you know, with girls, a lot of, of, uh, with body image and different things that come, our culture throws at them rather than waiting until we get to those points, um, really praying intentionally ahead of time for those different areas in our kids' life. So that's what, what I've tried to spend my life doing as much as, is praying for the specific needs they have right now. How does your prayer life change, Rob, when there's a problem or a more systematic part of your life? Well, you know, um, I think that uh, it it changes how I, I go to God with those things. Um, you know, we we get certain issues come up with our daughters, and we don't know how to handle them. We don't know where to go. And I think taking them to God, not only releasing our kids to God or releasing those circumstances and those situations to God— um, it, it gives us peace. It gives us freedom to just enjoy our kids and, and walk with them through it rather than, than as, a, as a dad, I tend to take two extremes. I either am not sure what to do, and so I avoid it and hope it doesn't come up and I don't have to deal with it, or I try to control it and fix it. You know, it's a, maybe a generalization, but as men, we tend to tr- quickly want to fix things. Um, and so I think by giving it over to God, it, it puts me in that middle place of, of balance where I need to be, where I'm not trying to over-control it, but I'm not trying to avoid it either. How have your <clears throat> prayers changed for your daughters over the years, Rob? Well, you know, um, I think they get more intense and, and yet um, more full of, of love and freedom, too. I mean, um, obviously, when our kids are little, we we just pray for for these basic things, and then our kids, as as life gets more complicated, as they get older, and we see the things that they have to um, face, uh, it gets it gets more intense. And and sometimes, as as dads, we struggle to know how to navigate those things with our daughters. And so, um, I think that they've they've changed in the sense that. Um, I'm trying to be more intentional about the issues that my daughter's really facing. And they, they seem, as they get older, the issues that they face seem uh, like a bigger deal. Like, you know, these different areas are going to really affect my kids' life and their future. Um, so I've gotten more more consistent with my prayer life because I see the needs they have. But yet at the same time, as even though I've gotten more intense and, and consistent and praying hard for them because I see the issues, um, I also find more peace and rest in, in, in the fact that God's in control. Rob, uh, what are your thoughts on the issue of modesty for girls, and what suggestions do you have for a dad on handling this issue? Yeah, that's a challenging one. Um, as, a, as a dad, um, I've, I've got a, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a 16-year-old, and I've also got a 13-year-old. Um, and a ten-year-old, so I'm in the the middle teens, the early teens, and the preteens. And and I mean, I if I've ever prayed in my life, it's now. But um, and modesty is kind of a a tricky one because I think as parents, we're afraid if we go too far, um, we're just going to frustrate our kids and 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 kind of could lead to rebellion. But we don't want to just let it go either. So what I found helpful is to let my kids know. Um, communicate with them as I'm communicating with God. So I let my kids know, you know, this is an area of concern. It's an important area as a parent um, that we need to be mindful of, especially, you know, as Christians. I think we need to be careful of, of our modesty and what we're trying to say. And so I communicate that to my kids, but I let them know that I'm talking to God about this and that I'm asking for the right approach and the right balance. 
Um, so God gives us wisdom in that process as we parent, as well as I think it's important for our kids to see that we're not just trying to control the situation. We're not trying to just say no to say no. And again, getting back to that point of not just trying to raise good kids for the sake of raising good kids, um, but we're really wanting God's best for our kids. And so I think communicating with our kids and our daughters while we're praying for them and letting them know um, talking to them about it and letting them know we're talking to God about it for the best answer so that the best outcome for them is is what's really um, our main goal. Rob and Joanna Tigan have a new book out. It's called A Dad's Prayer for His Daughter. And uh, Rob Tigan is our guest. He's uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, Ravel is the publisher. We've got another segment with Rob. Uh, this is the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's the new AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. When you pass down great recipes generation to generation, you know you've got something good, and you want to share it with the world. That's what the family did at Maddie's Delectable Desserts in Winter Springs. Come sweeten your day with specialized desserts, birthday cakes, cupcakes, character cakes, weddings, special occasions. All customized, delicious, making any special event one to remember. Hear what Central Florida is saying about Maddie's Delectable Desserts. Hey, I'm Sarah. I come to Maddie's every weekend. Sometimes I get the quiche. They are wonderful, great, friendly people that serve you year and yeah we will just be coming back as often as possible and now there's a second location to get yours sweet treat stop by tutti frutti 513 south park in winter park maddie's delectable desserts 521 east state road 434 winter springs hi this is peter we see you soon at maddie's delectable desserts call 407-542-7663 or tempt your sweet tooth online at maddiesdd.com from our family to yours veteran owned and operated maddie's delectable desserts Don't let the busyness of life keep you from receiving the hope and healing God has for you. The Pray With Me Prayer app will provide encouragement from believers praying for you. Visit PrayWithMe.com. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny with The Vision, bringing you a message of love and grace on the new 950 WTLN. Sunday mornings at 1045 a.m. Or if you can't catch the broadcast at that time, you can get us at WTLN.com 24-7, where you can download the podcast anytime and enjoy that message. That's The Vision on the new 950 WTLN. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Rob Tigan is with us from Grand Rapids. We're talking about the book, A Dad's Prayers for His Daughter. Okay, Rob, for dads of daughters who've reached the age of dating, uh, what's your advice? Oh, yeah, that's that's what this whole book, probably where the foundation of this book came from. <laughs> Why I started, like, we really need to pray when we start talking about dating and our daughters, don't we? Um, yeah, again, I think it's important to let our daughters know that when when we're asking God for wisdom to know how to navigate, that we're really wanting their best interest. And wherever you stand on the, the dating spectrum as a, as a you know, as a couple or as a dad as to whether no dating or, uh, you know, some dating or court, you know, there's all different kinds of views on where we should be in that area. Um, it's important for us to constantly be communicating um, to our daughters uh, as we're praying and asking God to give us wisdom about it. Um, that we want their best interest at heart here, that this isn't an issue of us trying to withhold something good from them, but more just like God does for us. It's more of a desire to have God's best in their life and to not have them go beyond a point where they're they're ready. Um, so I encourage dads to keep praying about it, to um, really hear their daughter's heart with it, um, and and. Seek God's wisdom in it, but let your daughter know that that's what you're doing and that the ultimate goal is for God's best in her life um, and not a control thing. What's your advice for dads, Rob, concerning the Internet and social media? You know, um, I would say the same thing. I think think we have to um, 
seek God for the wisdom. We have to let our kids know that, that we uh, care, that this is an important issue. And then we need to um, really research the issue, too. I mean, we don't just just pray and then um, sit back and hope that, that God works everything out with our kids. I mean, I think God's given us wisdom to know um, that we need to protect our kids, too, and that's one of our responsibilities as a dad and a parent. And so set up those things um, that we need to set up, whether it's Internet security, whether it's making sure that the computer is out in the open so that um, there's no temptations there or any opportunities, um, or if something does happen to pop up, that we're right there and we can discuss these situations with our kids. Um, So asking God for the wisdom, taking the steps we need to take, but then at the same time, again, prayer is, is releasing our kids to God so that we don't have to feel that fear and worry. So we can we can set the things up we need to. We can pray with our kids. We can communicate with our kids that we're not not only are we praying for them, but we're we have their best interest at heart. And then we um, take the appropriate steps. And then we by releasing them to God, we just we trust and we enjoy that relationship. Now here's another problem, Rob. Uh, the girl begins to grow up. Uh, starts to pull away from the family unit, now wants to spend time with friends over the family. Uh, What have you found most helpful in this situation? You know, um, I think it's it's that balance of of letting go appropriately, uh, recognizing that they do want to go on their own, that they are growing up, and part of our, our responsibility of parents is, you know, we need to release them to God at an early age through prayer, um, but that releasing is an ongoing thing, and sometimes it goes further and further, but also stating to them that family is important, and we want them to be part of the family unit, and so setting up uh, times, opportunities, you know, um, in the pre- like I mentioned about the previous book, 88 Great Daddy-Daughter Dates, you know, that's a way as dads that we can be intentional with our relationship with them by setting up one-on-one time with our kids so that we can know their heart and they can know our heart and they can see that time together is a priority. And so establish those times that you want to be together as a family, whether it's meal times, whether it's those date times, whether it's family night, and make those a priority. Um, and then, you know, ask God for the direction and wisdom to know how to navigate um, who she should should be hanging out with, when she should be hanging out with them, um, and, uh, you know, it's it's important to remember that, that God's the potter and we're the clay, and he's going to mold our daughters in the, the way he wants to, and so we can find freedom in that. What's your advice, uh, Rob, to the dad who is struggling with choices that his daughter is making? Uh, how, how do you pray here? Well, you you pray for, for grace and wisdom to know what... Uh, how to react and how to act. And so, because uh, again, we, we tend to sometimes jump into things too quick, wanting to fix it, um, and then not really knowing the whole story and not really listening to our, our kids and, and getting their heart. We, we assume the situation and, and jump into it too soon. Um, but then we need God's strength to act too, and we need to act. Um, and so, again, God... Even if we look at our own lives, um, you know, I, I've had twists and turns in my life that I really, you know, I, I look back and I think, oh, I wish I wouldn't have made that mistake. I wouldn't wish I wouldn't have made those choices. Um, and God has used those to strengthen my faith, to make me a more understanding, caring person. Um, and I, I, it's not that I want, wanted those things to still happen, but in in the same way with our daughters. God is using sometimes things that we just think are are bad situations or, or they're making choices that we don't like, and we think, how can God use this? And so we just need to have that loving heart that God has towards us when we were prodigals and love them and pray for them and care for them, encourage them, let them know, again, what that we want God's best for them and the choices that we're seeing um, are only going to lead to hurt and pain, and we don't want to see that. Um, but then trusting that God is the potter, again, and we are the clay, and he's, he's making a, 
something beautiful. And sometimes what he's doing, we, we can't see it at the time, but we can, we'll be able to look back and, and be thankful that we didn't just raise good girls, but, but God was doing something bigger in their lives. What, uh, what's your advice, Rob, to the father uh, whose daughter has made mistakes, and she's now paying for those mistakes with, I don't know, I guess the loss of her reputation or other life-changing consequences. Uh, what do you say to that dad? You know, keep keep praying for her, keep loving her, keep encouraging her. Um, know that, that he will work all things out um, for, for his good and for her good, um, even if we can't see it now. Um, that's part of the releasing process is that um, we don't know fully um, what's what's going on, and we by trying to control the situation too much, we can often lose our our daughter's heart. And so we want to be there. We want to be available. We want to speak truth into our kids' uh, lives and into their hearts. Um, so it's not like we just let them do what they want. And and you know, and I think as fathers, we can we can take our grief and hurt to God as well. And that's that's. The, the power of releasing our kids to prayer, too, is, you know, God's there for us as parents, too, because we're not perfect. None of us are perfect in our parenting. Um, but God's always there to guide us and encourage us, even when we have to release that painful thing that our kids may have done or those choices they may have made, um, and and help as much as we can, help and encourage them, and hope that they see God's heart through our heart as fathers that just want to love them um, and and see God's best for them. Rob and uh, Joanna Tigan have written the book of Dad's Prayers for His Daughter. <clears throat> Rob, um, what would you say to encourage dads who feel their prayers don't change anything? We oftentimes don't know the impact um, that decisions that we make in life or things that we do, um, and that that's true of our prayer, too, the impact they're going to have down the road on our kids. Um, and so stay faithful, keep praying, keep trusting, um, and believing that God is working out the best for our kids, for our daughters um, and our kids. And and just um, be encouraged that even though um, the things that we may not see and know now are we're down the road, we may see beautiful fruit from, and we can we can be encouraged um, that those prayers are effective, and the prayers of, of a dad do matter. What are your 10-year-old and 13-year-old daughters learning from your 16-year-old? Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yeah, that's, that's a challenging uh, thing, because sometimes we do... Um, we always joke. My my son is the oldest, and he's twenty. That he was kind of the guinea pig, you know, because you, uh, with our kids, we tend to be harder on them, and then we 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 loosen up. But but part of that is is our kids do learn from each other, and so and our as um, our younger kids are watching how we navigate um, through situations with our older kids, and they're saying, you know, oh, I see I see my older sister doing that, you know, whether it you know going back to some of the issues we talked about, the internet or modesty. Um, we recognize, my wife and I, as, as we parent uh, my oldest uh, daughter, that my younger daughters are watching. And if, if we just kind of let the modesty thing go or just let the dating thing go, they're going to expect that same kind of thing. And, and we've had honest conversations that, you know, sometimes we, we have in our parenting gone too far with one kid or, or kind of let the door open in an area and and we learned from that. God taught us through that. And so um, we try to do honest, open communication in our family at all times, and let them know that we're we're praying and asking God for constantly for His best for our kids, and and asking Him to navigate us as parents. And sometimes uh, we don't do that perfectly, and we learn from from things we've done with one kid. And so it doesn't mean necessarily it's going to be the same way with the others. Do you uh, struggle with a problem of your kids just kind of losing interest in things faith-based? Yeah, um, that that is a, a challenge that as parents we all have, and I think a fear that we have. You know, we hear some of the statistics of how many um, kids are leaving the church and are losing interest in, in church or in uh, faith-based, um, you know, our faith as we grew up. But again... 
Um, that's one of the, the big reasons why I wrote this book, is to encourage parents that we, we can't go wrong by releasing our kids to God and asking God to navigate their lives and letting them know that we want to enjoy our kids for the blessing that they are, that God's given us. Uh, the Bible says children are a blessing from the Lord. Um, but let him build the house. You know, there, one of my favorite verses in the Psalms is um, about how God, if if we try to build the house, the labor's in vain. Um, but if God builds the house, then it's Psalm 127. Um, then our labor isn't in vain. And so sometimes we try to build things on our own strength and for our own reasons and try to make our kids out of what we want them to be rather than what God wants them to be. And and I don't think we can ever go wrong by just releasing them to God and letting Him um, speak into their lives. Rob, tell me about your recent trip to Dubai. I had the opportunity, in addition to uh, some parenting books that my wife and I have written, I've had the opportunity to write a few kids' books. And so I was invited over there to uh, be a part of a children's book fair and uh, it was a great experience. I took my uh, my 20-year-old son with me, and we just had some great um, opportunities to bond as father and son. And then um, I got to go to some school visits. I went to some local schools and um, and shared with them. I got to do some panel discussions, and it was just a phenomenal uh, time. How would you describe Dubai to one who has never been there? Um, wow. It's very... Um, very different, uh, you know, culturally, uh, I learned a lot, and I think my preconceived ideas of, of the Middle East and what it's like over there um, were were shattered, and I think that was good. I, I, it's a, they're amazing people with uh, a very service, service-oriented culture. I learned a lot. I mean, these, these people would not let me do anything. I mean, they would pick up my bags. They did everything for me, and I, I learned a lot about... Um, how I want to be as a person through just the experiencing the culture, and it just seems so rich, um, very family oriented, which was very encouraging. My son and I went out several nights and uh, just walked around, and there were families everywhere just sitting around enjoying each other's company. And I, I didn't see one of them on a on an iPad or a, or a cell phone or anything. They were just enjoying each other, and I, it just seemed like such a rich, great culture. Well, congrats on your book, Rob. It's a good one and valuable, and I'm so glad that we had a few minutes here to visit. Thanks, Pat. I really appreciate you taking the time. Rob Tigan has been our guest. Uh, the book is called A Dad's Prayers for His Daughter. Uh, Ravel is the publisher. Uh, we've got another segment on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. Just a reminder, at AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Strength, know-how, pride in performance, integrity. These are qualities that are necessary to build a quality building. They are also the qualities that in today's world are so difficult to find. The Nemo Group is a general contractor that will not disappoint you. The Nemo Group is a local construction company built on the timeless principles of strength, quality, reliability, and integrity. Over 45 years of experience building in Florida, a team of professionals with different specialties. A track record of successful local projects. The Nemo Group, spelled N-Y-M-O, is dedicated to getting your project right and done on time. Renovations, new construction, remodeling. The Nemo Group can handle all of your construction needs. Don't take a chance on second-rate results when you can get your job done right the first time with the Nemo Group. Find out more online at thenemogroup.com. That's N-Y-M-O group.com. The Nemo Group is a member of the Orlando Tithe Network. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandek, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. This is Pastor Javaye from With Love Ministries inviting you to join us for our broadcast Sunday night at 7.30 p.m. or listen to our podcast 24-7 on the podcast page of WTLN.com. If you don't have a home church, come worship with us this Sunday at 1 p.m. at 823 West Central Boulevard here in Orlando. 
or Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. We also offer counseling services for all your individual, family, and mental health needs. Don't forget our broadcast on Sundays at 7.30 p.m. here on WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Rob Teigen, our guest in that first half hour, talking about his book, A Dad's Prayers for His Daughter. Uh, Bobby Davis is with us from uh, Cookville, Tennessee. He's the pastor of the Cookville Life Church. His book is called Saved, But Still Enslaved, Breaking Free from Strongholds. Uh, Bobby Davis is a preacher's kid. He pushed the limits of drinking and drugs and until his life was changed by the Lord in a Christian rehab facility. And now he pastors one of the largest and growing life churches in Cookville, Tennessee. And I'm so glad that he can join us. How are you, Bobby? I'm wonderful, Pat. Great to be with you. Tell me about your book. What's that title mean, Saved But Still Enslaved? Well, um, as as already noted, uh, I grew up a preacher's kid. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm started experimenting with drugs back when I was in high school, but when I was around 12 years old, uh, I, I remember getting saved at my dad's church. He had an uh, evangelist come in. I knew I'd accepted the Lord, and so I fell into the drug and alcohol scene. So all these years later, now that I've been pastoring the church, I realized there's as many people inside the church that deal with strongholds, and whether it be depression or addiction, as there is outside the church. And so that's why I named it Saved but Still Enslaved, because when you think of enslaved, you're always thinking of somebody outside the church who's not who's not saved. Um, but uh, there's as many people dealing with this inside the church just don't know how to come forth with it, I guess. Well, let's get started. Your first chapter is called Salvation is a Journey. Uh, what do we learn there, Bobby? Uh, well, uh, on that, you know, of course, when I when I started out that chapter in the introduction, I said it might sound quite uh, controversial at first, and so what I say, salvation is a journey, uh, I believe the moment we accept Jesus Christ, according to Romans chapter 10, uh, if we confess Him with our mouth, we are saved. So I believe that a salvation is immediate, but then begins the journey of walking out that salvation and, and growing in the Lord, and, and so so many times people... They kind of make that the beginning and the end, and they don't grow, and they don't uh, really find what their assignment is in life. And that's where I find people end up, if they're not careful, getting enslaved, because they kind of stop at the altar, and they don't really, uh, as I say, get in alignment with their assignment that God has for them here on earth, and that makes you a little vulnerable to Satan. And so salvation is a journey, and, and it's uh, kind of like what I talk about, the promised land is a type of shadow of our life uh, of abundance here in the New Covenant, and we know most of those that left Egypt never entered the Promised Land because they didn't make the journey. They died in the wilderness. And so um, and so they escaped Egypt, which was their, I guess, salvation experience because they had the blood on the doorpost. And, of course, we, we, we received the blood of Jesus. But if you don't make the journey, then you don't enter that abundant life that Jesus has promised us in John 10.10. 10. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the journey. There are eight strongholds that you write about, so uh, let's get started. The first one is called the Stronghold of Shame. Uh, what's that about? Uh, the Stronghold of Shame, that's, uh, I talk about, and one of the things I noticed as I pastor the church, uh, I'll have someone that comes in, maybe hadn't been in church in a long time, or they're new to the church and they're doing well, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're attending church, coming to Bible study, but then they fall, like we all do. We all miss it. We all mess up. But then what I notice is one of the first things that uh, that a person tends to want to do is run away, hide from those that they were doing the Bible study with, hide from the pastor, hide from God. And it's the very thing that Satan did in the very beginning uh, with Adam and Eve when they fell. What they do? They went and hide. Uh, I'm sorry. They went and hid. And when God came to him, he, you know, Adam said, "Well, I was." naked and I hid myself. And so shame is what makes us run from God instead of to God. And when we study who God is in the scriptures, old and new, God's a God we can run to, not from. He's our Father. But Satan loves to use shame to keep us from running to the very one who can help us. So 
the stronghold of shame, it, it starts the whole, you get ashamed, then you start, you go from shame to blame, where Adam said, well, it was this woman you gave me, and she said, well, it was the serpent that did it, and, and so it's just one big cycle, and so I tell people, man, drop the shame, run to the Father. Uh, he's the one who ran out and met the prodigal son and didn't just restore him as a servant. He said, my son who was dead is alive again. So I just tell people, man, drop the shame, run to God. He'll take you back because he's very merciful and forgiving. And now we get to the stronghold of inferiority. Huge one, huge one, Pat. That one, I believe, and this is what I've told some other people who I've interviewed with, I think the the stronghold of, of inferiority is one of the most prevalent. I know in the church, I'm sure outside the church, and here's why. I believe it was the root, and drugs was the fruit of my problem. And what I mean by that is, is uh, of course, I know you're very familiar with sports and athletics. Well, I was always the real small kid in church, I mean, in school. I, I wasn't the athlete. I didn't fit in, and I always felt inferior in school. And I think you know, the Bible says you're not wise when you compare yourself among yourselves. And I think people do that. Dads compare themselves. Moms compare them. I as good a mom as her. And athletes do it. And the Bible says you're not wise when you compare yourself with one another uh, because you'll never measure up because God made you unique and, 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 and an individual. And so this stronghold of inferiority uh, makes it where you don't like yourself. You're always... And so what I think I did is I tried to get away from who I was, escape who I was through drugs. And But what the problem is, is I tell people when you come down, there you are again, because wherever you go, there you are. It's hard to get away from yourself. And so inferiority is a huge, huge stronghold that I believe Satan uses against people. And uh, and they it's, it's, it's where I believe they open themselves up to all these other strongholds. And I believe it starts with the whole thing of comparing ourselves to one another. You know, I'm I'm not as good as he is, or I'm not pretty as she is, and and it's a it's a huge, huge problem I know we have in the churches. And then we get to the stronghold of addiction. Uh, now that, of course, is the one that, uh, as I said, inferiority led me into that. But the stronghold of addiction. Um, I, uh, my father was a preacher, but uh, when I went into a secular treatment center, at first I didn't agree with them because they would say, well, you know, this, this, you were born this way, it came through your bloodline, and you're probably addicted because of your grandfather. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't know if I agree with all that. And then I started realizing, you know, the, the scriptures talk about a generational curse where the sins of the fathers are passed on to the sons. So I agree with some of these secular treatments that it can be passed down through the bloodline, but the good news is, for we who uh, find Christ, or rather Christ finds us, I tell them we get a blood transfusion. The blood of Jesus is applied to our lives, and we don't have to stay uh, with that generational curse. He can break that and, and break that into freedom because my addiction uh, almost killed me. I started, as I said, a young kid. I was about uh, 14, 15 years old when I first started uh, using marijuana. That led me to harder drugs to the point, Pat, I was uh, in my 20s. I was locking myself in my house for three or four days at a time. Uh, just uh, got into what they call speedballing. It's not anything pretty to get into, but uh, I would just lock myself in my house for days at a time, infecting myself with drugs and alcohol. Nearly died several times. So addiction a huge, huge problem. Of course, you know that. Uh, I'm sure it is in Florida, just as it is here in Tennessee. But I want you to know that God has the power to break any and every addiction because I've seen him do it time and time again. So um, all these strongholds, thank God, God is stronger. And, uh, and, and so he does have the answer. How did you break that addiction, Rob, or uh, Bobby? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, and, and that one was more of a journey for me. When I when I first went into the Secular Treatment Center, I, I made it for about 30 days, but Pat, I didn't surrender. Uh, you know, I, I didn't make Jesus the Lord of my life. I wanted I wanted to be free for me, and it was a selfish thing I, I, because I was losing all my money. I was going to jail. I'd already been arrested for DUI five times, and here my dad is a pastor in the community, so he's embarrassed to death. But it was all about me. But when I finally, when the addiction finally broke, is when I broke. And I realized, you know, I shouldn't want to be free just for me. Jesus died on a cross. 
and experienced a horrible death so that I could live a life of freedom. And, and so if I'm going to be set free, it's, it's got to be not just for me, but it's got to be for him and, and, and because I love him. And when I really then surrendered to Christ and realized that it was what he did on the cross and how much he loved us, and, and he loved us so much that he gave his very life, that's when I totally got set free. You know, I tell people, I've told it just this weekend in our Sunday services, you know, willpower, I think the longest I ever went was three days with God's power, and which I found on the cross. It's been 22 years uh, since I've touched a drug. And so uh, I, that, I know without a doubt when, when, when someone steps up to the cross of Christ and says, I'm really ready to surrender my life, he can totally set them free because I experienced it myself. Let's talk about this stronghold of fear. Uh, stronghold of fear, um, that is a uh, another huge one goes along with the inferiority. The stronghold of fear is, uh, you know, I've seen it, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, they say the number one, people's number one fear here, I dropped speech in college when I finally started going to college, because uh, one number one fear is speaking in public, and uh, this last weekend uh, I was in front of 4,000 people on Easter, so... Uh, I know God can also break that stronghold. But uh, fear, what I tell people is it paralyzes you. Uh, Satan will use uh, uh, fear to paralyze and and stop you from um, being everything that God's called you to be. Um, He he used fear with Peter uh, before Peter uh, was uh, filled with the Spirit after Jesus had ascended. Uh, Peter was afraid to even admit he knew Christ. So I tell people, fear will paralyze you, faith will energize you. And, uh, but fear is a definite stronghold. And I even know of people, precious people who I've had in my congregation who uh, had such a, you know, the Bible says God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But uh, I've, had, I've had people so bound by fear that uh, they wouldn't even get on a, an airplane or an elevator because they just, the panic attacks that would come, and they're real, and, and it's, but it's just as I tell people, as God releases faith into people's life, Satan will release fear into people's life, and, and it's really, the main reason is to paralyze them and to keep them from being everything God's called them to be, because here's what I tell people, if you're saved, Satan can't keep you out of heaven, but the next thing he wants you to wants to do is to keep you from taking anybody with you. And if he can paralyze you through fear or through inferiority, that's what he'll do, because he doesn't want you accomplishing anything for God while you're here. And that's why he uses these strongholds. How about the stronghold of unforgiveness? Biggie, Biggie. Uh, My sister uh, is a psychologist here in town, and her and I have discussed this one, uh, because sometimes uh, I may call her in on a situation at church, or she may call me into her office to meet with someone. But uh, but this this stronghold, um, uh, it it. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost where I was going, Pat. But we're talking about the stronghold of unforgiveness, and you talked about yeah, unforgiveness. Your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry uh, of unforgiveness. Uh, this this stronghold of, of unforgiveness. Um, it paralyzes us just the same. And here's what I tell people about unforgiveness. You know, the Bible says that don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And then right after that, it says, for it will give a foothold to the devil. And what I've noticed is if someone uh, allows unforgiveness to stay in their life, uh, what happens is that turns into what Hebrews calls a root of bitterness. And it says, don't let any root of bitterness def- uh, grow up in you which defiles many. And when, when we allow a root of bitterness to get into our life, it affects our family life. It affects everything we do. That's why when you read the Scripture and Jesus says, take heed if anyone sins against you. Take heed to yourself when anyone sins against you, Jesus said. And I read that one day and I thought, why does it say take heed to myself? if you sin against me. Because I believe what the Lord's saying there is, what happens in you will become worse than anything they did to you if you don't watch what that does inside of you. And so I tell people this. uh, Once when I got cut as a kid, 
they took me to the emergency room, and the first thing they did when I got to the emergency room is they gave me a tetanus shot. And, and they explained to me why they gave me that tetanus shot. They said, now that you have an open wound, a physical open wound, you are now more susceptible to infection than any other time, and this tetanus shot will keep the infection from coming in. Bobby, Bobby, da- Bobby Davis is our guest. we got to take a break right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour, AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More with Bobby Davis right after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Mother of a child with behavior problems, I'd like to talk to you. My name is Janet Lehman. I'm a behavioral therapist and a mom. I know what it's like when the child you love becomes a defiant, out of control child who disrespects you. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the program that tens of thousands of moms are now using to turn around their child's behavior. If you've heard about the Total Transformation and wondered if it will work for you, now you can try it for free. I'm willing to give away a thousand programs today for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. I know the total transformation works because I used these techniques with my own son and with troubled kids for over 30 years. Let me prove to you that it works by giving you the program for free. Call now, 1-800-241-0676. 1-800-241-0676. That's 1-800-241-0676. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 950 WTLN. If you miss the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace, Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 950 WTLN. Hi, everybody. It's Pete Picasso, your morning host here at the new 950 WTLN. And I'd like to welcome back a computer program here on the weekends, very familiar to our listeners. It's Tech Talk and more. Saturday afternoons at 4 from Palm Tree Computer Systems and Jinx IT. They are the experts on any problem you might be having, downloads, uploads, software, hardware. You've got questions? These experts have the answers. And you never know when you could win something pretty cool. It's Tech Talk and more. Now Saturday afternoons at 4 on the new 950 WTLN and WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Bobby Davis is our guest. He's the pastor of the Cookville, Tennessee Life Church. And we're talking about his book, uh, Ravel is the Publisher, Saved but Still Enslaved, Breaking Free from Strongholds. And we've been talking about the various strongholds. The next stronghold, Bobby, I want you to discuss for us is the stronghold of hopelessness. Okay. Um, the stronghold of hopelessness. Um, one of the things that uh, I go into that chapter is, you know, the Bible says that uh, uh Faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. And so we talk about how important it is in our lives to have faith, but what I say in that chapter is hope is the fuel for faith. Uh, if you lose hope in life, there's nothing to have ha- uh, faith for. Uh, one of the analogies I use is, is if I'm hoping for a Coke, uh, you know, a dollar bill is the substance I release to get it. Well, faith is the substance that we... Uh, released. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we have to come to God with faith, the Bible says, but if you lose hope, uh, then it's impossible for faith to have anything to have a footing on. So a lot of people uh, in life have lost their hope, and it can be through various things, such as uh, going through a tragic divorce. Uh, It can be my mom and dad almost lost hope there at the end of my addiction because they had tried everything and nothing was seeming to work. And, and they had just, when you lose hope, the light, uh, the light in your eyes, the life in your uh, step, you just lose that hope. And then, as I say, when you lose hope, faith has nothing to sink its teeth into. And so that's why the Bible says that we serve the God of all hope. So when everything else around you, um, 
looks like that there, there's nothing that you can have hope. God is a God of hope. You can always go to Him, and He'll bring you that hope back, which gives you the fuel for your faith. So hopelessness is definitely a stronghold that we deal with, the inside and outside the church. And now I want you to get into the stronghold of religion. Yeah, this is a fun one. Uh, people, uh, this really was an eye-opener. The stronghold of religion. And, you know, I found out uh, when I came back to Christ in my later years, you know, as I said, I grew up in church, but uh, I realized there's a big difference between religion and relationship. And so I just got to studying on that and thinking about that. You know, God is not behind religion. Uh, matter of fact, the only people we see that Jesus really couldn't work in their life was the religious crowd. Uh, he could help the people who had all kinds of sin problems, but it was the religious crowd that Jesus couldn't help. And then I realized, what was it really that separated God and man in the beginning? It wasn't drugs. It wasn't sexual immorality. It was only Adam and Eve. It was religion. What is religion? Religion is this. If you'll do this, and if you'll do this, and if you'll do this, you can be like God, because religion is based upon works. Well, that's exactly what Satan came at Adam and Eve with and said, if you'll do this, you can become like God. They were already like God. They were creating God's image. So Satan basically used religion to separate God and man, and I think he uses religion today to keep people who may really be interested in the things of God, but they get around a, a, a religious crowd or a religious person, they think, man, if it makes you that miserable, I don't want anything to do with it. So religion is, is, is a very deceptive one, because when people hear the word religion, oh, that's a good thing. Uh, really, it's not, because God's behind restoration and reconciliation, but he's not behind religion. I believe the one behind religion is Satan, and, and he's used it to really deceive a lot of people. Um, one more, one more stronghold here, Bobby, the stronghold of poverty. Uh, yes, and, and that one I didn't want people to get confused on because I don't want people to think, oh, no, this is one of those guys that say uh, if, you, if you accept Jesus, you get a brand-new Mercedes and let your, uh, 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 a new jet and a new—that's that, not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about the stronghold of poverty, uh, people think that— uh, uh, there's, there's an out-of-balance on the other side that if I'm really right with Christ, then, then really I can't uh, really enjoy life, and, and, you know, and I can't really have anything because, you know, uh, they gave up everything to follow Jesus. And, and, and so you can go out of balance the other way, just like people can go out of balance and, you know, I'm going to come a, become a billionaire if I receive Christ. Well, if I receive Christ, then I don't really need to worry about having anything in the world and, and, you know, we shouldn't have things as a family, such as boats and things of that nature, because those things are worldly. Well, listen, God wants us to enjoy the earth. He wants us to enjoy our family. I mean, everything he did in the garden was for them to enjoy the earth. It says he, God created this and, and, and said it is good, and it is good, and it is good. And he said, all this is yours. Have it and enjoy it. So there's a real balance there. And I wanted to bring a balance to the, you know, the, the ones who get too caught over in the over-prosperity teaching. I wanted to bring a balance back to the other side of the church. If you can have some things and enjoy life. It's okay to have a nice set of golf clubs and go out and play golf with your Christian friends and things, because I see people going the other extreme. And, you know, if you have anything in life, then you don't love Jesus. And that's not true either. Um, so that's, that's the balance I was trying to bring there. Then you close your book, Bobby, Three Keys to Getting Free and Staying Free. Uh, that, that sounds like an interesting chapter. Yes. Uh, people, I have a lot of people, especially with the church that I pastor, them knowing my background. Well, I have a lot of people in my congregation that come out of lifestyle strongholds, especially addictions. And so I, I, I constantly tell people, if you want, that the goal is not to get free, the goal is to stay free. And so the thing that I've told them that, that I can see that kept me free for at least 20 plus years is, three major keys, and that's number one, soaking in the Scriptures. The Bible says meditate in the Word uh, in Joshua 1.8, and you'll have good success. The Word the word is life, and so I tell them soak in the Scriptures, and then number two, be saturated by the Spirit. The Bible says 
that it's not through the works of the flesh that would put the, the to deeds of the flesh, but it's by the Spirit. And so we need the Holy Spirit's power to conquer these things in our lives that, that, that are trying to overcome us. And then I say, uh, soak in the Scriptures, be saturated by the Spirit. And then number three, which is so important, be surrounded by the saints. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is so much more as you see the day approaching, but encourage one another, Lord, daily. And I tell people, Christianity is not golf. It's a team sport. We need each other. Uh, you know, there'll be times that I I may be having a, a bad day or maybe something's going wrong at the church, and, and I'll just reach out to another pastor in the community and say, hey, man, can we go have lunch? And, and man, him just spending 30 minutes with him and him speaking into my life has, has built my faith back up. So I think those are three, three very important if we're going to get free and stay free, we've got to soak in the Scriptures. We've got to stay in the Word of God. We've got to be saturated by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it, it, the Bible calls Him the Spirit of Freedom. And then number three, we need to be surrounded by the saints. We need one another. Uh, the Bible says that we are the body. He is the head. Well, with my hand, for my hand to have a good connection with my head, it has to be attached to my arm. And so many people say, well, I don't need the church. Well, the Bible disagrees. Uh, we do need each other. And secondly... I tell people that can also be a very selfish statement. Well, I don't need the church. Well, maybe the church needs you. Maybe the church needs your gift. And so uh, that's a biggie that I think maybe we've missed a little bit in the church, is not talk about the importance of being connected to a good body of believers um, that brings strength and vitality to our faith. And so um, I really wanted to end the book up with not just how to get free, how do you stay free, because that's the goal. Tell me about your church. Uh, the church, um, awesome group of people, most loving group of people. Uh, of course, I'm a little biased because I get to be their pastor, but my wife and I were in college ministry for about 10 years, and then this church called us, and it really wasn't what I was looking for. That's the way it usually happened. It was a church of about 65 or 70 people, and it was a, 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 a denominational church. And so me and my wife felt the call. We went over there and just started preaching and teaching the Word and feeding the people that was coming. And the next thing I know, people started coming from uh, Catholic churches, Lutheran churches, Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ. Uh, I mean, people who are not church. The next thing I know, uh, we're, we're up now, nine years later, we're, we're averaging about 2,500 people. This Easter, we had over 4,000 people. Bobby Davis has been our guest. We've got to wrap up after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour. AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Dr. Robert Burke, Mayo Clinic trained, board certified cardiologist with a message to all men over 30. Man boobs. Well, it's not the clinical term, but it's what my male patients call it. If you're storing fat around your chest, stomach, and love handles, it's not healthy, and chances are it's not your fault. It could be your hormones. As men age, our bodies produce estrogen, a female hormone that can cause flabby chests and bellies, love handles, weak muscle tone, lower energy, and poor sexual performance. I tell my patients, try regimen before considering shots, patches, and drugs. I formulate a regimen to power up natural testosterone. More importantly, it helps slow estrogen to help you regain that youthful, muscle-toned guy you used to be. Try a 30-day supply absolutely free. Just pay shipping and handling. Get your free 30-day supply now at RepairLowT.com or call 1-800-777-9291. 800-777-9291. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Regimen is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. So nice of you to join us here on the weekend here. We do this every weekend on AM 950 WTLN. Uh, Rob Tigan, our guest in the first half hour, <clears throat> talking about a dad's prayers for his daughter. And then Bobby Davis from Cookville, Tennessee, Save, but still enslaved. Both books with Ravel Publishers out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, speaking of Grand Rapids, Michigan, Ravel did uh, my, my latest, Coach Wooden's Greatest Secret. 
and uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's in bookstores now in the sports section, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it a great deal. In the meantime, please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And I hope you have a wonderful day tomorrow at church with your family and a great, great week ahead. And then we're back next weekend for more of the Pat Williams Saturday Evening Power Hour uh, here in Orlando, Florida. All the best to you, and God bless. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.